So thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate your time. Hello and welcome back to Unleash Your Peace. My name is Ali Shoja. I am your host. I'm a positive mindset coach, a personal transformation expert, a deliberate creator, and your peace trainer. And Unleash Your Peace, this podcast over here, is your peace training. It's where we dive into different aspects about the internal world every single week because that's exactly where your joy resides, your peace, your uh, creativity, everything that you love about life is within you. And we want to unlock that. We want to unleash it because when you live from this place of joy and peace and connectedness to that infinite beingness of you, that non-physical potential of you, you don't just incrementally improve the quality of your life, you actually exponentially innovate every aspect of your experiences on this physical plane. You become whole, you become the powerful creator you have come here to be, and you become an uplifter in your family, in your community, and that trickles out into the world at large. This is our wish for you. This is our wish for everyone on this planet because that's essentially how we level up as a human race. We enter the next stage of our evolution when we live in this way. All right, so today we have a really exciting new episode and today's episode is a little bit of an experiment, I have to I'd say. I'd say so, yeah. yeah. It's like a chemistry experiment. <laughs> it is a chemistry <laughs> experiment. We have two very funny people on. We have no idea which direction the conversation is going to go. We hope it goes in the direction of creativity, competition in the creative space. These people are very, very funny. So we want to talk about the source of humor. Where does that funny stuff come from? But we may not get to any of that because <laughs> the, these, these, these people that I haven't yet announced are, you know, they have strong personalities and they're <laughs> hilarious and we'll just see what happens complete experiment Man, i'm, I'm so, curious who it is who is it <laughs> so next to me i have nilu naderi your Hello. other co-host next to us we have satirist writer best-selling author maddox Hello, thank you for having me, yes. <laughs> thank now, you for having us at yeah. your studio. <laughs> so we've been recording at Maddox's studio for a while. That's why the sound quality of our podcast recently have been so freaking good. And thank you so much, Maddox, for allowing us to record at your studio and also for participating in our <laughs> podcast today. Of course, my pleasure. You know why you're here, right? It's called Unleash Your Peace? Uh, Yes. <laughs> 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 I had to think about that. Yeah, uh, yes, <laughs> of course. I am a peaceful man. <laughs> yes, the, the, the most peaceful. Peaceful. She can't, peaceful. She can't even say it. I can't even say peace in your presence. Yeah. Now, next to Maddox, we have somebody very, very funny, female comedian named Idine. Hi. <laughs> I'm probably anything but peaceful. <laughs> but thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We both said the same thing. But one of us was sarcastic. Yeah. <laughs> and we're going to keep you on your toes. Uh -huh. It might change the whole direction of this entire podcast. Yes. Buckle up. So after this, we might become funnier. I smell an uprising coming, so. He's <laughs> uprising. So welcome, Maddox and Ideen. Thank you so much for making time for us today. Tell us just a little bit about yourself so that... 
people out there who are not familiar with you can get a sense of who you are, what you're doing in the world right now. Aideen, you want to start? Maddox definitely has way more experience than I do. He blows my mind when I see how active he is. I, I check out his Instagram all the time. So Okay, this cool. isn't about Maddox. Yeah. Me, <laughs> I do stand-up comedy, and I've worked in the film industry for six years, kind of like in every department, on set, off set. But my main goal and passion is comedy. I love doing stand-up. I love making videos, writing content. It's just so much fun to kind of, like you said, blow people's minds <laughs> and kind of keep them on their toes, wondering what you're going to do next and say next. Come from a first generation, I'm American-Iranian, like our co-hosts. Yes. And we have a lot of space to be creative because not too many people have <laughs> tapped into it, into our culture as much as I hoped. And so I feel like usually just kind of breaking through, busting down some walls mm-hmm. currently in my life. I noticed that actually, Ideen, before we recorded today, is uh, you're very funny and- Hilarious, right? Yeah, really wow. funny. Also in a way that appeals directly to my sensibility, which is inappropriate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so many times. Are you so caught many, that already? Yeah, <laughs> right. very immediately. I'm like, oh yeah, okay, this is, this, we're gonna get along just fine. Yeah, this, and this we knew be... she'd like you because you have a throne. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. She, she came in, she goes, holy shit, you got a real throne. Where'd like, you get we, that? Can we swear on this, uh, on this podcast? Can, yeah, you can, yeah. You can okay, swear. Okay, oh sweet, all right. We'll just cut it out. Okay. <laughs> I will slide it in under the radar. You guys won't even know. The other day, we actually went to Ideen's place just to hang out for a few minutes. We wanted to see her play, see if we could host something there. And we ended up being there for two Two hours. hours. And by the time we left, our faces hurt. Our stomachs hurt from laughing. Just laughing the entire time. And we had like probably like 10 stories that we could tell over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> Until our next Ideen visit. Well, you guys really allow me to like be me, which is... Be you. You know, that's the coolest part about you too. You guys, Baby, Yeah, you guys let people <laughs> really express themselves where other people kind of put up a little shield. So has the funny always been in your bones? Have Wait you a second. I'm sorry, funny? but like, oh. I'm sorry. Maddox didn't say anything about himself. He just complimented Ideen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So nobody, nobody even noticed that. That's so all I want. slick. I, that's all I wanted to say about myself. That's all I wanted to uh, man. Good. I, mean. I record so many podcasts <laughs> that I am so tired of hearing my own voice <laughs> so I, for real like by the end of the week i'm like i just want to hear someone else for a while got it maddox speaking about your podcasts you have a few very popular podcasts right would you like to mention them in case people get curious sure you know there's a lot of overlap with the audiences and sensibilities but it's mm-hmm. the one i do is uh, the best debate in the universe which is a debate podcast and we debate everything from whether or not you should have pineapple on pizzas to whether or not you should punch a Nazi. So, you know, uh, everything from silly to political. We try not to do political too much because honestly, I think everyone is really, really tired of it. I just had the realization that we have another 30 months of campaigning before <laughs> before the election. And then we're going to have like months of just rancor after that. I think everyone's just tired of it. So we try to keep it light. Our most recent debate topic was which uh, breakfast foods are the most garbage. I chose There's waffles. Yeah, it was very controversial. There's a lot. Yeah. Garbage as in not good for you? No, garbage as in it's just a waste of chews. You know, like okay. a waste of time. Waste. It makes you angry when you're eating it. Let me think oh. about that. I'll, I'll yeah. get back to you. Oh, I would like to hear your guys' garbage choices. But this isn't I my podcast. So oh, you don't eat breakfast? You Air. All, all There's a lot of things Ellie doesn't eat. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> no, the good stuff I will put in my mouth. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my! You just <laughs> did a layup. And the I'm whole <laughs> side of Ellie that was that like perfect set. Out. Try, try, yes. try editing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she does eat nuts, though. Oh my oh. goodness! Okay. I think this audience has not heard my dirty sensibility at all. All right. On that note, should we go back to my original yes, question? Yes. Yes. So where did this funny come from? When did you know you were funny? I don't even know if anyone would thought I was even funny. I think I was more... Your um, mom doesn't think you're no, funny. No, she doesn't. Yeah, you can tell. Whoa, we Whoa. have that in common. Yeah. Yeah, my mom hate My parents hate everything I do. Really? And you've done oh, so much, so... Yeah, they hate a lot. <laughs> so even when you get successful, they're not on your team? Well, I, I remember the, the big, like, watershed moment is when I got my first book deal I called my mom to tell her because I was always reluctant to call myself a writer because I don't feel like I earned it unless I earned a paycheck writing and then I could call myself a writer so Mm -hmm. I called my mom and I said hey I got a book deal an honest to god book deal and she said when are you going to go back to school and get a real job (laughs) that was the first thing out of her mouth oh wow this is your your mom you're Armenian descent yes and your parents are what do they do my dad did a lot of stuff he uh, for most of my upbringing owned a bird store and import export uh yeah no, like retail that's a very it's not a th- no not import, import export, export. Yeah. <laughs> he worked for that's... vandalay industries yeah. um yeah 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 no he he sold birds and then but growing up he did like auto body car car shop like he's a genius when it comes to uh fixing cars he it was a welder he did boxing he i mean he did everything wow. yeah and then my mom and they was asked a you homemaker. to get a real job yeah yeah Ellie. i remember the first time my dad like read my my book he just looked up and he said, why is there so much cussing? Uh, <laughs> Which that was his only note. That was the alphabet of manliness. So, yeah, but so we have that in common, Idine. Our parents are both yeah. disappointed. We oh. actually had the pleasure of meeting Idine's mom. And we got to see in person that she does not think Idine is funny at all. Did she, yeah. even, did she <laughs> even smirk? No. No, while no. we were rolling, literally rolling on the she ground. She straight face. She yeah. sat on her throne. <laughs> yeah. Watched from above. Yeah. yeah. Squinted. Tell, telling yeah. you, why are you cussing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. She's, She's never really been on my side. And I love my mom. I don't want to, like, So how do you bad. how do you balance that? How do you cultivate your own creativity and your own sense of humor when there is so <clears throat> much criticism on you? How do you ground yourself in your own They left talents? their home state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah, a, that's a step, yes. Well, actually, this is something you're going to help me with, right? Because you, you know, that's what I'm saying. Like, Maddox is so far ahead of the game than I am because mm. I actually, I can't take that much credit that you're giving me. I have let fear get in the way. And I, I mean, mm. I do think I'm funny. And to answer your question about where that comes from, I think it really does come from, like, really being confused. Like, mm. I never really thought I was funny. I thought I was just like, oh, I just masturbate for an hour and hump the couch. <laughs> but no one's going to explain that to me. So I'll just keep continue doing this for like three years. And later on, when you find out what you've been doing, for me, that was like, oh, okay. So then when I talked about it, like just reliving my experiences, that's when I became funny. So people are laughing. I'm more like, no, guys, like really, what am I doing? Uh. And so that's kind of how my life kind of went. It was more like, I have a lot of questions, but I'm going to ask them with, on stage. My stories. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. I'd, be, I'd be genuine. Like, does anybody else do this? And everyone's just like, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait, I'm just gonna, I'll just keep hiding this. And my mom found me doing it, you know? And What did she find you doing? Masturbating. Oh, my God. Well, For an hour? Humping a couch. Because I didn't know. Oh. Oh. Hours. Oh. <laughs> 
hours. I mean, but I didn't know I was doing that. Unleash it. Unleash it. Yeah. (laughs) Trust me, this I could unleash. And I loved it. And when people ask me about comedy, I'm like, take something really that you did in your life and analyze it for a second. That was the advice you gave me. Yeah. Because I guess when, as I got older, I realized I talk about the things no one brings up. There mm-hmm. you go. I yeah. think that was the core of it, like especially being Persian or Armenian. And yeah. it wasn't hard for me because it was, again, came from real concern. These are things I think we should be talking about. Last time we hung out, you shared that uh, you grew up with a bunch of boy cousins, right? And they yeah. influenced your comedy. Big time, big time. I grew up with two older cousins and they changed. <laughs> it's, like, it's ironic that I do have a deep voice naturally because I swear <laughs> to you, I probably would have just obtain that just by being around them too I mean they made me watch Seinfeld like they would quiz me on Seinfeld quotes made me watch SNL and it really got to my head like got to a point where I was like there's nothing else I really want to do but were they older or younger than older. you? Older. My oldest cut. yeah. They're both older than me. About and are two they comedians as well? No. Oddly enough, they left me alone. They went, one's a doctor, <laughs> and one got into computers. And they're both way more funnier than I am. Like, it comes natural to them, but it was never actually a thought to make it a career or mm-hmm. turn it even to a hobby. It was absolutely like... The way they are. A complete no way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're Persian. There's no way they were going to... There's no career in this. So yeah. are you funnier because you were able to pursue it and hone it? I think anyone can be funny if you can absorb struggle. For me, it's always kind of in my meditation, right? I don't even know if I'm doing it for other people. It's kind mm-hmm. of my way of trying to just relive and make sense of it all. Like therapy. Yeah. I think I'm funnier just because I generally have concern. Like, I want to know who else is keeping things in and hiding things like the way I did growing up. You know, mm-hmm. When no one talks about stuff, I like talking about it. Maddox, you're also extremely funny. And something about you that I have really admired over the years is also how incredibly smart you are. Another point of contention that my parents would have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's fascinating. I remember years ago we were talking about dating and you just analyzing the dating algorithms, you know, and you do that with everything. Yes. You do it with absolutely everything. Do you do it with creativity? Oh, yeah, absolutely. All I had when I first started out were numbers. Like, literally, I was the internet stereotype where I was an angry 16-year-old kid sitting in my parents' basement just writing, you know, shit posting on the internet. No, I was not humping the couch. (laughs) I was a late bloomer in that regard. Different approach. (laughs) Ottomans. Uh, I get the ones where you, you know, the storage Ottomans. Right. <laughs> you got, I got you some, I can see how you enjoy those. Yeah. <laughs> if excuse me, I'm going to. Mm-hmm. Everyone is blushing. Um, okay. So, yeah, I started out literally like in my parents' basement as a 16-year-old kid writing shitty articles online when the internet was very young. Mm-hmm. And there was fewer than five or six people reading my website per month. And the mm-hmm. only way I knew that is because I would look at my access logs and it would show me literally the Nerd. number of times my web page was accessed. And I looked at every piece of data that I had. I had an IP address. An IP address is your internet protocol mm-hmm. address, which which is your unique identifier on how you connect to the internet. So I had this IP address, right? And I would look at it and I would say, well, who are these people finding my website? Where are they coming from? And I would do a reverse search and I would oh, find God. people were coming would from- Would you stalk them? Yeah, my friends called me the reverse stalker because I would stalk my stalkers. Uh, (laughs) I would look up everything I could about the people visiting because I wanted to know how they found my website, why they were reading it, Mm. who they were. And there were a lot of like university people reading my website very early on because that's Hmm. the early adopters of the internet. So because all I had were numbers, 
readers. And I was thrilled that I had just even a few readers per month. I was just absolutely thrilled by that. I continued. You were grateful. I was very grateful. Yeah, absolutely. And and I've never taken that for granted. I know I you don't take your audience for granted. And that's why mm-hmm. when I produce podcasts, we were talking about this before, Idean, that uh, I edit every single episode. I take out pregnant pauses, coughs, ums, uhs, jokes that don't work. I want to produce a good quality content for my audience. But yeah, I do analyze everything because sometimes that's all you have is numbers. You have to look at your analytics. You have to mm-hmm. look at these things. Yeah. If you don't care about numbers, tough shit. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta learn to care about numbers. You gotta what look. What's the coolest thing you found? Oh man, people so much. People in Asia like find watching you. Yeah, I found um, little blips on the internet where people are talking about me and fan communities that I didn't know existed that were talking about me. Sometimes I found that uh, corporations that I talked about are very keenly aware of what's being said about them everywhere. <laughs> oh, wow. When the original iPhone came out, I wrote an article titled "The iPhone is a piece of shit and so is your face," <laughs> and I. <laughs> So and it was it was so, sound argument yeah is yeah it was a, it was an argument about your, the iphone and your face by the way he still doesn't own an iphone no of course not uh, android <laughs> army although android's kind of crap too anyway yeah. they're all crap so i wrote this article it went super viral so dig there was a website digg.com that was the original reddit uh-huh. it was one of the top articles that year on their website so i got all these views and stuff and then i looked at my access logs and i saw that there was hq.apple.com visiting my website <laughs> hq wow. stands for headquarters and so and and i tried to to do a reverse click like see where they're coming from and there was an internal company website that they were linking my article from that the executives were viewing it from wow. so yeah i knew i was definitely on apple's radar like and i have FBI a shit yeah and i have a double confirmation because now my website is blocked in apple stores <laughs> No. Yeah. Do you go and test it? I test it all the time, yeah. That's so cool. I mean, cool. even today, before Aideen got here, we showed you an episode of Simon's Cat. And within like three minutes, you like pulled up all the stats. You're like, they've been around for 11 yeah, years, over right. a million uh, downloads or something, you know. I didn't even realize yeah, subscribers. Like, I'm like, second Whoa. nature. I'm always looking up, yeah. <laughs> did you notice that? You just yeah, like analyze it within yeah. like two minutes. You're looking up everyone's stats? That's how you do that? You can check up anyone's yeah, yeah. You can traffic? Check Not the lot. IP stuff, right? Not the IP stuff. I mean, there's ways but uh mm, tell you, us. You, i mean it's gotten it's gotten <laughs> another show the, the internet the, i mean yeah that's like the world i came from the internet uh, today your hacker, but then. <laughs> the internet today is a different animal than it was when it first started out it was much more innocent back in the day now everything goes through facebook and facebook has kind of like an ip mask so if you link to an external website what you'll see as the website host is facebook's ip address because facebook does a crawl of the link ahead of time and it's like good and bad it's good in a way because it prevents viruses propagating on the internet you i think we'd Mm. see so much more viruses in this day and age if we didn't have that sort of tool but it's bad because you can't really tell the source of who's linking to you'll just see facebook.com well Mm. great what does that tell me about who's who's visiting my website nobody yeah Yeah. you have like this super analytical mind but then you're also like really creative so you're Mm kind of using both sides which Thank you. Amazing. Yeah, that's um, so. I was a math major in college, and uh, I think that's probably where the analytical stuff comes from. I, I love math and numbers and and science and things like that. But uh, no wonder your parents aren't proud of you. You were a math major. Yeah, it's just like they wanted you to. I see. My dad was always a big advocate of math. He, he became he, a comedian. Yeah, he's. <laughs> See, I wouldn't even consider myself a comedian, though. I've always just been a writer and a satirist, and some of my stuff is funny and some of it isn't. You know, I didn't. We have something else in common: is that sometimes I say things, and I know, I know when my stories are funny because that's why I share them. But I also know sometimes I'll say things, and people will laugh, and I'm not sure why. 
Because I'm being earnest, and they're just, you know. Does that happen in therapy? It's like, that's happened to me in therapy. So. Your book, Fuck Whales. Yes. Ellie and I were listening to it on a road trip, road trip as in driving to Orange County. and Which is about an hour and a half away for those people. It's significant. It's, yeah. a road, it's a road trip. And as we were listening to it, I'm like, it's hilarious. But there's also like, like really deep concepts kind of woven in. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if like your audience gets that or like, you know, it really depends on the person, but we definitely got both ends, like the funny and like kind of the deep stuff. Oh, thanks. Yeah, that's the... We're smart. That was my... Yeah, you guys are smart. Thank <laughs> not you. as smart as you, though. I, I would not argue with that. Um, uh, <laughs> He's a numbers man. <laughs> the smartest... <laughs> Uh, yeah, that that was the goal with that book because a lot of people can pick it up and read the first two chapters, which are kind of silly. One's about the title of the book, "Fuck Whales." The other one's "Fuck Horses." Every chapter starts with the word "fuck" and then <laughs> fuck ends with the. Tables was my favorite chapter. Fuck tables, yeah. yeah, yeah. Not a big fan of tables. Fuck tables, yeah, yeah. I don't like tables. It's got a whole chapter. That's a whole. Oh, book. it's a whole. Chapter. A whole chapter. Oh, okay. yeah, a whole, chapter. whole chapter. But then it eventually gets into some some uh, really heavy and serious topics mm-hmm. like uh, fuck your your uh, racist witch hunt. A lot of people will say, okay, well, when we talk about creativity, they think that oh no, well. I can't be creative because I have a very technical job, for example. I'm an IT person. I'm a doctor. You know, there's no creativity in in this business thing. You know, where does creativity fit in? What does it mean? Gosh, I would say in everything. I used to be a programmer before this, and I would find ways to challenge myself to be creative. Like, I was so bored because I was was good at my job, and eventually there came a point where my job became rote, and I would – tried to challenge myself to find new ways to solve the problem. So, for example, if I had to write a computer program to solve a task, I would try to do it in as few characters as possible Mm. or a few words as possible or a few commands as possible, and I would make it as obscure as possible. And, you know, those are ways that you can express yourself even if you work in a non-creative field. Even accounting, you could could do something with your spreadsheet and go in there and try (laughs) to solve a problem in Mm. a unique way. Try to find a a novel solution to the problems that you're dealing Mm. with. That's an easy application of how to be creative. And I actually wrote about this too in the... the, uh, the book we, we just talked about, there's this idea that we have in, in society that every concept has already been thought of, every idea has already been thought of, and I think that's the lazy thinker's crutch, mm, because yeah. they don't want to come up with an, an idea of their own. You want to come up with an original idea? It's super easy. Just string together a sentence that's never been written before. <laughs> there are far fewer sentences that have been written out of the vast right. number of sentences that could be written. Right. Yeah, all and the possibilities. Yeah, yeah, all the possibilities. Yeah. And there's so many of them. Just type it into Google and see if you if anyone has ever written that before. <laughs> yeah. Like uh to to get a little blue, I I wrote a sentence that I never thought I would ever write. Um oh. I saw I I I confessions yeah oh boy now i'm sweating um i follow i like to see like weird dildos like that's my thing like i we have that in common there's there's an instagram account called uh called dildo nightmares and they just post the worst the worst dildos like our fans are gonna love this (laughs) she's already subscribed she runs the account (laughs) 
<laughs> you would know. You're like following the Thanks IP address. Thanks for the address. plug. It's been my alias since I was young. Yeah. Dude. So the worst oh, God. Uh, Yeah, uh, dildo nightmares. And they're just awful. They're so bad. They're so bad. There's like weird, like pimply face dildo. Like oh, why would God. anyone make this thing, right? It's horrible. They made one that is a foot. And <laughs> the top of the foot... Anyway, the long story short, the sentence that I wrote that I never thought was, the heel is a cum trap. Um, I... <laughs> That's creative. Yeah. No one had ever written that before. Although some executive may have used that in his pitch, you know, to try to sell now? the thing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it's super easy to come up with oh, a novel wow. yeah, concept. You're right. You're right. I love the, the examples you give for Thanks. concepts. Yeah. yeah. I like some people would say just... Put your spin on it. But. That should be the <laughs> title of your next book. <laughs> the heel is a country. <laughs> An illustrated book. <laughs> okay, so you mentioned Maddox a couple of ways that you can kind of trigger creativity. What are some tips to trigger creativity? Do you have some rituals or some techniques that you use, either of you, yeah. to kind of like jumpstart your brain in that creative way? Or like getting in the zone, I guess. I just like to focus on a task that annoys me. Like, for example, <laughs> I hated sometimes in my old apartment when I'd come home and the whole apartment would reek like garbage. I'm like, why does my place stink so bad? I realized that the garbage was not even that full, but I still had to take it out because there was something really gross and reeky in there. And yeah. I, I looked and I thought about this problem. Like, there, other people's places don't smell this bad. Why does my place smell so bad? And I, <laughs> I thought about that problem and I'm like, oh, I know why. It's because I'm throwing away banana peels and a mm. bunch of like, you know, Cans of uh, refuse and yeah, just like a bunch of crap that smells like garbage. And I thought, well, how can I eliminate this problem without also wasting garbage bags? Because I don't want to take out half empty garbage bags. Right. So I thought, you know what? Anything that rots, anything that smells, from now on, I put in my freezer. And Brilliant. I put that in a separate bag in my freezer, and then I take it out with my garbage. And my apartment like always smells clean now. I never have that issue anymore. I got rid of fruit flies. I don't have any of that those problems it's like anymore. Adulting one hundred and one. Yeah, <laughs> is that a thing? Do, yeah. do other people do that? I mean, you, that sounds super grown up to me. My mom would do everything you just said, and Yay. it took me Why a while. Yeah, no, you actually, do that too. You're on the right track. What do you do? What do you guys do? What do you guys do I, with I your garbage? I have a friend who does that. I actually learned it from a friend of mine. I was renting her front house, and that's exactly what she does. She puts it in a Tupperware and a freezer. Huh? And yeah. The compost. Uh, the, the compost, oh, yeah. all the compost stuff. She puts it in a oh, couple yeah. in the freezer. I learned that word brilliant. way too late in my life, compost. I was like, because <laughs> I was explaining this to a friend of mine, she, she, and then she cuts me out. She goes, oh, you compost. I'm like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I don't. No, if it's environmental, I don't do it. I don't do that, no. <laughs> I saw your earth post yesterday. Oh, yeah. We can all do better. That was pretty funny. Yeah, I'm destroying the earth. Yeah. I, I said it's important to remember that we are destroying the earth and that we could always do better <laughs> or we could always do more is what yeah. i said yeah we could always do we could always do more which is which slides right under the radar i actually got a sponsorship post <laughs> message from that some, I saw some that. yeah some earth <laughs> some company <laughs> messaged me they're like hey we care about deforestation too i'm like yes go on <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i'm moving into this place do they know you're for it <laughs> No, they 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 were so they thought I was just earnest. Like you said, it's just like yeah, slide under the radar. Misinterpreted. That's the best type of troll. It's like when 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 you get it right underneath the radar. People who are who think that you're on their side and they're promoting you. Oh, so funny. So what are you, Idine? How do you like kind of get creative? I do like in a couple different ways, but the easiest one I think is when I literally just take a moment and think about shit that I find completely insane. If I think back, like easy right now, what's the number one thing when I was young that just annoyed me? Think about something that's just 
we all My brushed sister. by it. <laughs> Your sister is a great example. <laughs> but when I, I was do, a kid. Yeah. When I was a kid. <laughs> but I, you know, yeah, okay, that's that's perfect. I met Nilu's family. And again, I never know when I'm crossing a boundary. So that is a fear of like, as a funny person, because we're also talking about creativity. To yeah. me, it's like sort of sometimes two different things. Right off the bat, I know it's a safe zone. So I'm, I immediately find the funny in meeting Nilu's family. I mean, mm-hmm. Her Just family by one is pretty sentence. hilarious. Oh yeah, one's a Christian, one's a Jehovah's Witness, one's a Muslim. One's what did Nilu. her nephew say, <laughs> this. say to you? Oh, that he, when I asked him what religion he was, yeah. he was like, "I'm Christian, but also sometimes Jehovah's Witness." <laughs> and I'm like, what? <laughs> because my brother, my his uncle, who is a Jehovah's Witness, takes him to the Kingdom Hall about once every other week. <laughs> So, uh, so a Jehovah's Witness, a Muslim, and a Christian yeah. walk into a house, and it's yeah. Nilu's family. Yeah, it is, literally. Legit. So, walk into a meditation party. I yeah. think when uh, Darius said that to you, you put your arm around my mom and said, I feel you, or something like that. Uh, I, I, I don't even know what I said, but I just grabbed her and I was like, this is unreal. Like, yeah. like in, that's the thing, the beauty of Persians or any foreign family. Like, her mom's sitting there cracking up, like, ah, I love my kids. My mom would be like, I don't know what the hell's going on. I hate them both. Yeah. I mean, she was so warm and so cool. So that's why it made it to me even more chill and fun to talk about because it's fun comedy, right? We can all laugh about this, you know? Also, like, growing up Persian, I always just think about what was dumb and insane. It's so easy. You go to Iran and, like, you walk into someone's house. You never know if you hug them, if you're allowed to handshake them. (laughs) If you you can look at them. If you can look at them, yeah. (laughs) And you don't know if you're going in for a kiss, not a kiss, if you're doing three kisses. And it... It, being a kid, it was confusing. So it wasn't funny to me back then. It's like, what were the things that were just absolutely confusing that no one discussed? So for well, me, I kind of turned one of those into a bit. A bit about how, like, you know, if, if it, we did that in America, like, Americans lose their mind. If strangers were just kissing them three times on the cheek. Because we do that. And then you get to act it out, right? That's the fun part about comedy and, like, mm-hmm. being so, like, in one with my body is that I love to do act outs, which is once you write the joke, then think, okay, how can I really embody this? So then the audience can really see what you're saying. Is it always in that order? Or do you, like, do a weird body shake and you're like, how can I put words to that? <laughs> I get up and I dance and it comes to me. No, yeah, I do write it first and then I, I walk around and say it out loud. Walking around, looking in the mirror really helps. I'm not sure for you if you ever do that, but I look in the mirror and I'll fake hold, time. like... <laughs> A fork, and they'll let it come to me. But I want to say something you said before about how mm-hmm. have you ever been to SF? Because you're talking about people who are, you know, the technical side. Yeah, I mean, not the funniest group of people. What's San, well, San Francisco? Yeah, no. I mean, Silicon I got to say that they do speak a different language. I do think you know yeah. a lot of my friends who live there went to Harvard, went to MIT. They don't need to be funny. Yeah, you know, they've done a lot. I'll leave the funny. Yeah, funny. <laughs> let us let us tell the jokes. You just you know solve problems. <laughs> But, like, they can be creative big time. Yeah. So yeah. that's where they really yeah, jump yeah. in. And I used to do comedy hackathons, and that was really cool. They'd bring all types of nerds and then the comedians <laughs> and shove them in a room for three days. <laughs> it was really cool. You had your front-end developers, your designers, and then you have your comedians all mixed, matched together. Mm-hmm. And it was really fun because you come up with an idea, and then everyone helps build that website or that app within, mm-hmm. like, 42 hours. Wow. And then 48 hours. 42? <laughs> <laughs> the rest is for masturbation. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they take two hour-long oh masturbation breaks. <laughs> oh, my God. And then you do, like, a show. But that's when I saw that, okay, you do need the m- different minds because then the nerds, the so-called, like, you know, developers and coders, they actually can unleash their funny when they f- when they know they're in a safe zone to be funny yeah. instead yeah. of competing against their other technical nerds and front-end developers. Right. You kind of need someone else 
to open up that forum, I think. I think most people are pretty funny. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people I'll meet, you know, they, they have something, at least like one funny story or they'll tell a funny anecdote that'll make yeah. everyone in the room laugh. I went to France and stayed with a guy I, I found mm-hmm. on Craigslist and I, he was asking me what I do. I told him I'm an author, blah, blah, blah. And I, I showed him my book and he said, oh, it's a humor book. I said, yeah. He goes, you know, all the humor books in the world can fit on one shelf. I'm like, wow, that doesn't sound right. But he goes, yeah, go to bookstores. Look at the humor section. And I started noticing the humor section in bookstores is all one shelf. There's only one oh. r- one shelf of humor. You think it's like this big genre. It really isn't. Huh. There's very few humor books. Most of them are self-help, uh, science fiction, westerns, mystery, like cooking, all that shit. But humor, one shelf. It's- Why do you think that is? He said it's it's the most difficult thing to write. And and again, I think it's because nobody can write down something and just off the top of their head without even testing it. Very few people can say that's funny mm-hmm. without years of experience of honing their craft. Here's how you can tell, though. Next time you tell a story that makes people laugh, remember it. If you make if you make two or three people laugh in a room, guess what? People aren't that unique. You can make a stadium full of people laugh with that exact same totally. story because we all have the same uh, human experience in common. Yeah, mm-hmm. we all have something about us. That's a, another thing that I touch on in uh, you know in my writing is like it, I wrote a chapter called "Fuck You," uh, which is <laughs> which is about getting over yourself. I was talking to a friend recently. She was telling me about a friend who was having doubt where they were just like, it was crippling. Like, I'm the worst. I'm the, you know, and I said, you know what? Get over yourself. You're not the worst. Like, thinking you're the worst or the best of anything is arrogance. Like, you are not uniquely bad, right? (laughs) And you're not uniquely good. That You're most likely just average and not even uniquely average. (laughs) Like, there is nothing unique about most of us in that regards. You're not, like, to think that you're, you're, you're the worst or the best is the exact same psychology. So get over yourself in both capacities and just try. And then if you tell a joke, if you tell a story to somebody, you know that you have something shared in the human experience with every other person on earth and you can make those people laugh too. Yeah. Just pay attention. That's I envy that you've written a book with just fucking every other chapter. Multiple because books. Using the word the F word in my writing was a deliberate choice on this most recent book because for the first like 20 years or so of my writing, I never used it in my writing. Maybe once or twice ever in 20 years. And that was a deliberate choice because I thought, you know what? I'm going to challenge myself. There you go. There's another application yes. of creativity. I wanted to challenge myself to come up with a better word or different word to use. And that's why I was able to come up with so many like... <laughs> you know, rich descriptions of things. And then I went nuts on this last book and every single chapter starts with the F word. But is the book how you really talk? Like, is that how you are as a person? If I were to read it, is that how you, do you write how you talk or do you write Oftentimes, to yeah. be funny? I mean, that book, uh, you know, I overdid the F word, you know, for, for a comic effect and because it's the, the theme of the book. I have a question for the two of you. Did you excel in school? Mm, I no. did, I was in honors college. You, you did? I was, yeah, that's why my dad's so pissed because I was pretty smart. No, not me. I was like a solid B student. Like I wanted that B. I was, <laughs> I was going for that B because I, I feel like a B is a good grade because it doesn't set the expectations too high because you can still be a fuck up because nobody expects anything from a B student. They're like, yeah, it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I, was, I was happy with a, a B. Yeah. I was probably the best version of myself when I was younger just because I just wanted to be in every club, wanted to be in every sport. I did really good in school. Maybe because we're Persian and we studied a lot. Mm-hmm. I don't know. My dad's always like, you could have been a doctor. And I'm like, let it go. 
<laughs> just let it go. Because nobody wants to hear that anymore. You know? Yeah. And it's you know, almost, it kind of puts the pressure on you to like, yeah. well, then why do good in school? Then if I did good in school, then if I was dumb, then you'd be like, okay, she, being a comedian is the only thing she could have pulled off. <laughs> you know? So it's kind of, it's annoying. You know what, though, to people like that who are, who are like, oh, you could do like some normal job. Like, all right, why don't you tell a joke? Yeah. Huh? Yeah. You think there's a billion doctors... You just go to school and you read these books and then memorize them and don't forget them and then pass this test and you're a doctor. Boom. Write a joke. Like yeah. the, what exactly. we do I is said that. Those people go up, they went up the ladder. Yeah, they right? went up there's a path. There's a clear there, yeah. here's the problem. Okay, so here's the, the difficulty in, in doing what we do is that there is no roadmap. Right. There is no guide. Yeah. There is no nobody like you're charting your own path forward. And it, that's the scary thing. It's not for everybody because it gives you anxiety. Like, I have a friend in uh, in Utah. He's, like, one of my oldest friends. I met him in first grade. His life and my life could not be more different. He bought a small little house in a little suburb, has three kids, has a very stable job, and he just goes to work and comes home every day, and, he's, and he just hangs out with his kids. Once a year, they go on a cruise. That's his life. My life is rot with anxiety and uncertainty <laughs> and uh, I agree like with him so much. shitty comments <laughs> on the internet and death threats and just like, you know, the worst of the worst. Everything about my life would bring someone like him anxiety. Yeah. However, his life would drive me crazy yeah. because I, there's not enough for me to do or think about. And, and my life would drive him crazy because he'd have too much anxiety. So different strokes for different folks. Yeah. But the things that we do don't have a roadmap. So how do you maneuver that? With no roadmap, how do you know which direction is the right direction to go? I remember very, very specifically the night I was deciding whether or not I should quit my job. I had a very good, well-paying, cushy job. All the job security in the world, no one knew what I did. Um, so, <laughs> so everyone was like secret. too intimidated to pull me into their office and be like, "What do you, what do you do here?" Because like, I mean, that happened. That happened multiple times, but like no, because the stuff I, I anyway, whatever. It, no, so. Yeah. I had a good job, and I was getting paid way too much money for like living at home still. And uh, I had all the job security in the world. So I talked to my my uh, my half brother Steve, and I, I called him up on the phone. I'm like, "Hey, man, I'm having this uh, real difficult choice. Should I quit my job and uh, pursue writing full time?" He said, "Well, what's the worst case scenario?" Mm. And I said, "I don't know." He said, "Well, do you think you could get your job back if it didn't work out?" I said, "Absolutely." And then that was the moment I yeah. realized. My life was the worst case scenario. Oh. <laughs> I was already living the worst case scenario. Oh. So I thought, if you have that realization, and that's a blessing, if you realize you're in the worst possible way, you got to do something to change. It's only up, only you can only go up. Right. You got to. Yeah. You got to try. You got to change. What's the worst case scenario? Yeah, you fail and you go back to your old job. That's not that bad. If your worst case scenario is you have a cushy job, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> My you know? uh, so a few months ago, I left my corporate gig and I joined Ellie full time on Peace Unleashed. And uh, I came clean with my dad about three weeks ago. Actually, he came clean to me. He's like, I have a question for you. Do you still have your job? I was like, Nope. You know, my dad, I'm like the most stable kid out of the four of us. So he had a hard time with that. But every like two days, he'll call me and be like, don't forget, you know, if your company fails, you go back to your job. And I'm like, okay, dad, I know you told me Tuesday, That's you support. know, and yeah. like, right and I'm like, I'm that first of all, I'm not a failure, you know? Yeah. And like, I know this is the right thing to do. Like it, nothing has felt this right for me. The other time I felt this right about something was when I moved to New York, but just telling him that, yeah, don't worry. Like I'm, I can always go back to my corporate gig, which is not at all a plan B for me. I don't have that plan B, but I know it's possible if I wanted it, right. you know, gives him some, 
you can like breathe, right. you know? It's important to recognize that when your friends and family kind of come down on you this with the stuff, a lot of times it does come from a place of love and concern, but it's also something you have to block out. Yeah. I've been listening to Robert Greene's The Laws of Human Nature, and mm. he talks about, or actually, no, uh, You Are a Badass. Uh, I forget the author, but she was talking about how every time you're going to do a bold or audacious move in your life, there's just a slew of friends who naysayers. just come out yeah naysayers that are like oh don't marry mm-hmm. that guy don't go on that trip <laughs> don't quit your job don't do this of course because that's something that gives everybody risk and heart palpitations yeah. when you're going to do something that's going to be dangerous or exciting or potentially have catastrophic results but it rarely ever does just do it try it mm-hmm. what do you i mean what's the worst case scenario there's times when you ask that question where there is a worst case scenario if you're in a committed relationship for example and you're thinking about cheating like, what's the worst case scenario? Well, the worst case scenario is nothing ever works out with either one of the people and you've betrayed the trust of the uh, of your loved one. Like, that's a very important question to ask at every stage in your life if you're debating whether or not you should do something. What's the worst case scenario? All that stuff about anxiety and that stuff is it's true. And I used to think, okay, then I got to find someone who's the opposite of me. Because I kind of believe there's two different people, right? And it's, I believe there's people who are creative, Mm-hmm. And I used to believe that, or they're, and they're the artists or the writers or the people who are going off that plan. They have no ladder up. And then there's the other half where they are. They need that structure. Mm-hmm. And without yeah. that routine, they don't feel good at all. And like he says, with all of our anxiety, we don't feel good, but we still want it. And we mm-hmm. still know that we feel good here. That's where we want to be. It's yeah. worth and, it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I did try, because I've been going back and forth with, am I doing the right thing? Is this sustainable? Blah, 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 blah. And I did recently, in the past two years, I think, try to normalize my life. Even though I knew I didn't want to, I knew it didn't feel good. My intuition was saying, this isn't you. Yeah. And it's funny because you can ignore that, but it will come back and bite you in the For ass. For so long. You yeah. Can, yeah. And right now I'm back in that spot where, no, I, I have to do this because it just doesn't feel good. Like mm-hmm. not doing comedy, not scaring myself by getting on stage. It just does not feel good. So you got to listen to yourself. I quit my job when I was 21. I've never worked a nine to five job since I was 21. And I did that just because every day I was staring at the same people. So a whole two years, huh? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, thank you, Ellie. Thank you. What's the fountain uh, of youth? 23 forever. (laughs) But I just didn't want to see them anymore. And I remember just thinking, this is what people do. Like my boss had my job. She had my job when she was 21. She was 30. And she never left the building. And that scared me. I was yeah. like, I don't want to be where she is. Exactly. And when I quit, I had I was comp- I had no uncertainty. I just bought a one way ticket to Australia. I met someone in an airport once, and they told me to come, and I left. And so I did it just because it didn't feel good, and I knew this is not what I wanted. I know everyone says that jump on the things that scare you, but mm-hmm. oh my god, it's like w- like why not? So that moment is so fascinating to me. The moment before you jump, and then the moment immediately after you jump. Do you have a recollection of what happens? You know that moment afterwards? Yeah. Freedom. It was amazing. <laughs> I mean. So anxiety right before. Anxiety freedom, right before. Right and then as soon as I got on that plane, I was like, ah, this is it, baby. And it feels good. Yeah. yeah. I just, That's right. But some people don't like to do that. Really, you have to listen to yourself. And then I went on this journey for a year around the world traveling by myself. And I had friends calling me, emailing me. And they were young, like 22-year-old girls going, come back. <laughs> I'm like, what are you, 40? 20, yeah. 40. They already hate, but I mean, like, they were 21, and they were like, at the time, she was like telling me, she's like, Nine. you need to come back and work like us. I go, what are you doing, Anna? We're like, this is my friend. I was like, we are young still, but they, that Persian mentality was like, or just that mentality, mentality. of you're having fun and I'm not, or you're living your dream, I'm not. People really project on you. And they do. Mm-hmm. They hate it. It's and they unnecessary. Want, they want you to stop doing what they didn't have the courage to do. <laughs> no. Ooh. 
I think it's that, That's but I also think Idine, you know, there is like kind of people who need that stability and without that they get a lot of anxiety, right? But like I was starting to feel trapped with that stability. Like it was trying to like kind of eat away at yeah. me. And before I took that jump, it was a lot of fear, like so much fear and doubt. And then right afterwards, it's like excitement, liberation, and a little bit of, oh, it's kind of scary, but like not like fear scary, like exciting scary, you know? The two things that give people the most anxiety in life are uncertainty and certainty. <laughs> <laughs> Prison cell. Yeah. Idine, when you said that example of your, your boss who started out at your job and then was still in the same building, you know, years later, that to me gives me anxiety thinking exactly. about being yeah. stuck in that same yeah. building all the time. Holy shit, Same that much certainty. Yeah, oh my gosh, forget wow. that. I think another, like you said, you asked, like, what's the worst case thing yeah. that can happen? Another good question I would ask myself is, do I want that job in like four years, two years, you know? And every time the answer was always no. I used to think I wanted to be like running like the head of the hospital. And I was, and then I got to like men be mentored by someone like that. I was like, oh, I don't want to do that. Just kind of seeing the progression. And it's and it's good with when, like you guys were saying, um, these jobs that, that are very corporate and like ladders, like you can actually see where, where you're going to end up. Like, especially mm -hmm. in consulting, like there's actual like hierarchy. And right. it's like, I don't really want to do that. I remember the last opportunity I had for a normal, stable job. And it's very tempting. It's always tempting because you get the stability and structure and you mm -hmm. know where your next paycheck is coming from. You know exactly how much you're going to make. You know you have vacation time. Yeah. Those are all the perks of having stability. But I thought about it. I sat down and I really let my mind wander down that path and thinking about what my life would look like next week, a month later, two months later, a year from now, going to a company party, like a Christmas party and mm -hmm. standing around with punch in my hand and talking to my coworkers <laughs> like, this is my life and I'm spending... <laughs> at least 20 to 40 hours per week doing this. And I thought, uh, you know, and it was like code writing or something. It wasn't going to be anything that anyone would ever really appreciate because nobody ever sees the yeah. code to programs we use. In fact, even you listening at home right now, listening to your MP3 software, there is thousands of lines of code that have gone into the technology that brings our voices to your ears, but nobody ever sees that. Yeah. And I thought, do I really want to go down this path what could i better utilize my time doing write three books than... and dedicate them to yourself <laughs> <laughs> oh my god are they dedicated yeah, to you yeah i got three books dedicated Get to out you. Of yeah. There. yeah that's good yeah good. pretty good pretty good i don't know anyone else who's had three books dedicated to them i'm fascinated by humor i'm not very funny by nature myself Funny. Although I have moments, like uh, Maddox said, everybody is funny every once in a while. <laughs> so I fall into that every once in a while category. But it's fascinating to me, seeing people who are really funny. And to me, that funny represents a very special kind of connection to the source within you, right? The source of inspiration. Like for me, that inspiration comes through as writing, as stories, as novels, and I can take very complex, ethereal type concepts and make them accessible. That's kind of my gift. The gift of comedy is so <laughs> immediate. You know, it's just such an interesting thing. I feel like the more you overthink it, the more it falls apart. Mm. And the more 
you just go with the inspiration and you listen for the rhythm of it. And what you two do just in normal conversations <laughs> blows my mind. There was a podcast, I think it was it was NPR podcast, and they were talking about how you can use humor to bring people's walls down and allow for human mm-hmm. connection. And these comedians or funny like comedy writers were, were using their gift of comedy to tackle very big topics like racism, gender, like discrimination. And the podcast was amazing. Lack of sex education in Persian households. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Armenian too. I got it. You guys got a hair problem too. There's a whole other hair issue there. I mean, I, but I really love that podcast and I listened to it like twice because I'm like, oh my gosh, I've always felt like comedy was such a great way, like a universe, like, you know, they say math is universal, music is universal. I think comedy is universal, right? Like, and a way to connect with people. And I think that's why, you know, we can just turn on a comedian and like the whole family, no matter how, what their age, you can like all laugh and like connect Mm -hmm. during that moment. I know you did it a little bit in Fuck Whales, but do you guys use your comedy to address kind of bigger topics? 100%. Yeah, all the time. <laughs> 100%. I, I think that's that's where the, the fun lies. Because like you were saying, if you can get different types of different people in the audience are laughing, think about it. Then those people who think they're so different outside that comedy show, the race or how they think or where their political beliefs are or whatever, they just all laughed at the same joke. And they probably normally wouldn't be some group people that would all hang out in the same night so to me it's really fun because it's kind of like saying hey we're all kind of the same take it easy you know Mm -hmm. and they actually sometimes if i did my job right they walked away learning something or i evoked some sort of emotion whether it be a smile or maybe even anger yeah (laughs) Um, whichever emotion it was i did something that's how i actually hope the comedy show goes Mm -hmm. you know it's not always just fun and games it's kind of like did they walk away learning something i like to have a teachable moment in a way that is uh, kind of wrapped in comedy. Like, you know, the comedy is the uh, the sugar with the medicine. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I like to do it in a way that gets, that reaches an audience that normally wouldn't be reached. This criticism of using cuss words in your in your writing or your comedy is not unique to my parents. I've received emails from people saying, man, Maddox, you, you have some really great concepts and philosophies you're talking about here, but why do you have all these cuss words in there? It's really uh, off-putting to people who want to read this kind of stuff. I said, listen, it's not for you. There's a lot of people. <laughs> fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. There's a lot so of like good. academic literature out there. There's a lot of stuff that's written in very formal writing and styles that aren't going to appeal to the kids and people that I'm writing for and I'm writing to. Like for example, if you say, you know, child abuse is wrong. Great. Awesome bumper sticker. Who yeah. disagrees with? It, right? So, but the way I would say it is, look, if you want to stop child abuse, you should pledge to abuse one less child every single day. <laughs> and that's that's a way that's going to appeal to some shitheads, right? Yeah. yeah, and you you really think about it. It's like, well, how many children do I abuse every day? I, I could definitely cut down at least. <laughs> I don't need to abuse five. And as you're saying this, I know we have listeners who are cringing. Like, oh my God, why are they ha- This is peace unleashed. But, right. but it does get through to a different audience. And I got to say uh, thank you to you guys too. I, Ellie and I have been friends for a lo- very long time. You've actually helped me a lot, Ellie. Your like words and your philosophies ring in my head all the time. Specifically, <laughs> finding, <laughs> specifically finding the joy. Mm-hmm. I remember Ellie when she was telling me about, you know, finding your vibration and vibration this. And I, I was like, I was at, at times even, even getting frustrated, I'm like, I don't know what this means. I don't know what does vibration. What are you? What the? What the hell are you talking about? And what then was I, that dildo thing you said earlier? Oh, that's. Oh my gosh. You're like that's, that's a, the only vibration that's I know. Whole, 
That's a whole story. It is. You know what? I was going to tell it on this podcast, but it will ruin the show. We've made them. Yeah, I know. I love it. We just unleashed it. It Yeah. If you and uh, my analytical mind too, I'm like immediately like charting out the topics in this podcast, like twenty percent dildos. (laughs) Pumping of ottomans. Yeah. Yeah. Very inappropriate. Our meditation. The F word, like forty (laughs) percent. Um. So you were saying? Yeah. The the. So I I even heard it on this other book too but when when we started talking about it was just finding the joy in your life and that increases your levels of joy and when you increase your levels of joy you're on the right path and then i've been using that as kind of like a guidepost in my life and everything that i do i'm thinking well is this going to bring me joy is it going to bring me joy down the line is it going to bring me joy immediately do i need to be doing this dedicate your next book to ellie uh yes if ellie and and uh hear me out here uh-huh, if uh-huh. you're willing to change your name to maddox <laughs> <laughs> good deal oh. <laughs> that's an honor <laughs> <laughs> then i'll have four books dedicated to me <laughs> there you go all in one night that is really well put and i think what you were saying how you know you found different ways to solve the same problem like that's kind of like what we try to do we're solving the same issue that exists just in a different approach and like saying it differently and using different tactics and different exercises and activities to get to an audience that hasn't been reached yet. I remember when you first started the Peace Unleashed thing, I went back and I watched your original mm-hmm. post. I think it was after police shooting or something like that that oh, inspired you, right? Like three years ago. Yeah, yes. yeah, I remember that. And it, it really inspired you guys to go down this path. Something in there very deeply resonated with you and i feel you're on the right path it's just been such a an immense joy and pleasure just watching you guys blossom and grow and seeing i mean literally i remember when you created the peace unleashed instagram account and it was like you know zero followers or 100 you know whatever like fewer than 100 followers and you were just growing it every day and working really hard and it just keeps blossoming and i'm I'm so happy to see that Thank thank you thank you any last words of advice on taking the leap and trusting the intuition and we'll ask Ideen because she's about to do that. I'm going to say one last thing is everyone does have a way to connect with people whether it's comedy or however they connect. People say comedy is truth plus pain. Mm. right? That's what I've, I've heard before. And when you're asking me in the beginning kind of about you know can anyone be funny I automatically like know stuff about your life that I think mm-hmm. is super interesting that I know I would how I direct you know I would you love for up, you to way make you, it funny. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, just alone knowing that you know, guys, Ellie one time shaved her head with a razor. Like that oh, could yeah. be really dark, but to me, that's also like super badass. Yeah. Right. So it's a different ways to connect with people. If someone feels weird when you say fuck, imagine how they would feel if they knew that you did that. Yeah. And, and look at you, you're like a peaceful, like With, all the things about you, it doesn't add up, right? But nothing adds up in real life. Like that's right. the thing is everybody wants a formula and then they want that to work and then they want to like sit yeah. in this. That's just not how life is. Nothing nothing ever works out the way we want we it wanna to. We want to put people in a box or yeah. put things yeah. in a box. 100%. That's all people ever want to do. Like even if someone saw me now, they'd be like, that doesn't match and your <laughs> earrings are different. And it's really aggravating. I've been staring at your earrings the whole time. <laughs> I'm like, wait, it's a Coke uh, it and a cocktail? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah, I wearing a small a Coca-Cola <laughs> earring, and then the other one looks like a martini. Wine, wine glass. A wine glass. glass. Oh, it's white, white wine. wine, yeah. It looks Take like my Pinot Grigio. Mm. Yeah. Like, even in your situation, too, like, the way you grew up and your... 
see, you guys might look at those as tragedies, but I see the funny. I guess to what I say to anybody is just really think about what it was that upset you or things that went on in your life. And if you just look at the formula, comedy equals truth plus pain. Mm. There's so many different ways you can make these tragedies come to life and kind of laugh at it and then put it in the past and then let it go. And while you're doing that, you'll see that you're actually connecting with a lot of other people that you didn't know. I love that. You could have. Before we wrap up, anything you guys have going on right now that you want to share with the audience and plug? Nope. (laughs) Got nothing. Crotch sweat. (laughs) Coming to you soon. Um, Uh, Working on a video called Crotch Sweat. Wait, oh, you're serious. I'm dead serious. Um, Not like sitting here like I'm getting crotch sweat. I I really thought you're... Okay, go ahead. Should I get a vacuum? (laughs) That's not going to save this. Um, Yeah, that's... Please just look look forward to crotch sweat. (laughs) Teaching you how to work out and stay happy. Not dry all at the same time. (laughs) But yeah, hopefully you see me doing some comedy coming soon. Oh my goodness. Okay, awesome. Crotch sweat. Yeah, and I'm uh, I'm just still cranking out podcasts. I'm going to go back to producing regular YouTube videos because oh, it brings yes. me so much joy and happiness. Those are so good. And just every time I write anything, I just look at it and I think, wow, everyone's going to really hate this. <laughs> uh, and, and I mean that in, in like... I love that. Yeah, in, in the sense that like literally I'm going to piss off everyone. I know I'm going to get downvoted. I know people are going to send me hate mail. and that, And I can't help it. I just keep writing this stuff. I, I just like I'm writing this piece right now. I just finished about spoilers and how much I love them. And I, I keep don't thinking, don't you dare spoil. It. Oh, it's coming, N- Nilu. It's coming. And I, th- I thought of like a new you way. Better watch it. Here's here's okay. so here's how I I'm wasting my time. I'm spending my time thinking about novel ways to spoil things to you guys. Here's my new one. All right. And I'll tell you guys just this because I like you guys. You're my friends. If you see me post anything in another language and you're thinking about translating it, <laughs> don't. don't. Translate. It's a spoiler. Because <laughs> I, I thought, like, how can I piss people off even more? Well, what if they had to go through some extra steps to spoil the movie for themselves? That's what I'm doing next. That's actually the best advice. That's that fantastic. is brilliant. Do stuff that you know is gonna. God, if I did, if I had that mentality, I might actually be a stronger, better comedian because I'm so worried about what my parents are gonna think or what the Persian culture is gonna think. If I just change it that to like, wait, this is what the, the hell? Down version of yeah. Yeah, this Well, whoa. And, oh my goodness. <laughs> I know. Seriously, you've been seeing PG 13 this whole time. What? I know. I'm actually scared for myself because of what might happen. Oh, I can't wait. And I, one last advice. On top of what he was saying, like, and it's cheesy, but they say do what scares you. I honestly have to listen to Sarah Barry Ellis, the song Brave, every time I get on stage. And like, if you knew me and you're like, that's, what are you, like a softie? Like, I know it's embarrassing to say out loud. If you listen to the lyrics of that song, that she's basically just saying, you have to use your voice. Go there, be strong. Don't worry about embarrassing yourself. I mean... It embodies like everything that I think if people listen to that more often or these what what Maddox is actually saying and what I'm saying, there's something there. And yeah. you and you know, if you have to cry hours before you might go do something scary, do it. If you gotta break up with someone in your face, you're not gonna see them and again, mm-hmm. like do it. Like people just settle so much in the boring and yeah. in the in the comfortable. Calm. Mm-hmm. Life isn't like that though it's just yeah. yeah who gives a shit what it's people YOLO. yeah what people say or think uh, uh, Gary Vanderchuk I follow him on Instagram oh, oh yeah, yeah Gary. we love him yeah great love entrepreneur he has a, a little short video clip he posted one time he said are you really gonna give a shit about what surfer dude 69 said about you <laughs> on, on your deathbed are you gonna care years yeah. later 
regardless of where you're created. Like, no, none of this shit matters. The collective memory on the internet these days is like a week. So right. yeah, just totally. get over get over it. You're not uniquely the best and you're not uniquely the worst. So exactly. <laughs> work harder to be the That's unique so of something. Be yeah. the B minus. Yeah. B- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I do want to mention one thing just for you, Ideen. When I shaved my head <laughs> with a razor, it was one of those $2 razors from the like the big cheapy uh, yeah, razors like, like those super cheap ones that come you know five of them for two bucks in a bag <laughs> oh and i have extremely thick hair and oh, i shaved I about three inches of it and they're so badass and i had to step into the bathtub to shave my head because Blood was literally dropping oh. down my head, down my back. You're a finisher. You're a finisher. You didn't do a half-ass job. I had to finish that job. So I had laser, razor cuts, razor burns on my head for weeks. <laughs> you had one-up Britney Spears. Absolutely, yeah. I was just thinking, like, if you if you were going to tell that story and, like... I, how do I like you make to, that funny? Yeah, I like to start a story with a question. You really get the audience engaged. Say, how much are you supposed to bleed after a haircut? <laughs> Because I bled a lot, and then you go into how you bled, and then the you know, and this don't don't take this as a slight, but that the incompetence with which you shaved. And then she's like, "By the way, I'm a life coach." Yeah. And uh, yeah, now your cards have scissors on the cards with Ali, yeah, Ellie showed you. Life coach. That's funny. That is hilarious. That's great. On that note. Thank you both so much for being here. This was oh, fun. I'd like to do it again. So thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate your time. Where can we find you? ID International on Instagram. And I'm Real Maddox on Instagram. And if you want to connect with us, we are at Peace Unleashed on Instagram. That's where we share love notes with you every single day. And I have lives where I answer your questions about the internal world. So connect with us through that. And if you want to work with us at any capacity, check out peaceunleashed.com. And until next time, when we come back and dive into another aspect of the internal world, we wish you a peace-filled day.